Bam. Live. 30 seconds early. A few seconds early. My clock doesn't even say 7 a.m. Today we have a guy on named Jared Graybeal. Graybeal? We'll get the exact pronunciation when he comes on. 7 a.m., 22 seconds early. Uh, Jared is the founder and CEO of something called Zello Games. I keep hearing people pronounce it Zello. Zello. We can figure all that shit out. Oh, look, there he is. Bam. Yes, sir. 7 a.m., everyone's on time. What's up, dude? How are you, bro? I'm so good. I feel like I've been hanging out with you anyways. I listened to like two episodes yesterday, so I'm like, just now I'm just in the conversation. I'm glad to hear you say that because uh, that's the way it is with me with all my guests because the like the night before, like yesterday, so I, I was on the assault bike for 20 minutes just watching a bunch of videos of yours. And then, and then I sit on the floor and stretch for another hour sometimes. And, and then, and then I come inside and, and with, while I eat dinner, I, I troll the shit out of your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and I do that with every guest. Jared, what's your, are you at Jared Graybeal? I'm just Jared, fixing. Uh, AXL Graybeal, which is my real middle name <laughs> for people that are curious, but. Okay. Sp- spell it all out for me. I'm going to write it in here. Yeah. J-A-R-E-D. Yep. A-X-L. A X L G R A Y B E A L. Bam. Does that look right? That's it, man. My parents were big Guns N' Roses fans. So, oh, really? That's how it. Oh, wow. Uh, Someone, the Mark Bell, who I had on yesterday, was just telling me he was in Napa and he saw Guns N' Roses mixed with uh, Miley Cyrus. (laughs) Crazy. That's awesome. That sounds really cool. It's a funny duo, but sounds awesome. Yeah. Man, I hope Guns N' Roses are so much smarter than Miley Cyrus. The few times I've heard her interview, she does not sound like a good person. Yeah, I don't know. Unfortunately. Uh, I just, the only recollection I have of her is on a uh, wrecking ball. <laughs> what, so, what, was that a video she was in? Yeah, like the music video, you know, came in like a I don't remember. Ball. You got to go watch it later on, maybe. What year was that? That was like... I don't know, recent for her, I think, two, three years ago. Um, like, it was like her comeback song, you know? Um, Miley uh, Cyrus Wrecking Ball. What if I just type that in? Will I see it? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, 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 I see it. 100%. There was a bunch of, like, uh, obviously memes were made of it, but there was, what is it called when somebody else remakes it? Like, um, par- oh, yeah, maybe parody? Parodies, yeah, yeah, there we are. Bunch of parodies. Um, it was good. It was good content. It was good internet stuff. Let me see if I can put this on the um on the screen because this is totally this is totally the uh Santa Cruz young girl Santa Cruz uh outfit right here. Miley Cyrus wrecking ball. Bam. Can you see that? Yes, yeah, that's for sure. Like you're either in Santa Cruz or maybe Boulder. It's t- the 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 brawless is like so like there's this there's just this brawless look. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's it's kind of cool. I mean, I think it's kind of cool. I always just wonder. I have two little boys or three little boys, and I always like, and they even know it's cool. They're like four and six, and anytime they see like a a woman, like you can kind of like your imagination can see her boob through her shirt. I can see they're looking. (laughs) I could be projecting, but I think that they're looking. 
it's I mean I think it's uh human nature to take advantage of your peripheral vision but uh a, a little uncomfortable I think yeah I mean you know what's even more uncomfortable than that is like when I catch myself like I had this guest on the other day his name was Bill Dawes he's a comedian and while I'm do- he's doing a stand-up routine at the uh, Laugh Factory in Las Vegas, and I'm watching. It's 45 minutes long, and his pants are so tight, and I keep catching my eyes wandering down to see if I can see the outline of his dick. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, what am I doing? Stop. Like, leave him alone. Leave the guy alone. Focus on the eyes. Tomorrow. Yeah, like, what's up with yeah. you, dude? But it's anytime clothes are tight, you're just, you're, you, it's, yeah, they're just starting to. By the way, is the image still up for you? It is. It's a distress. I'll take it down. This is totally <laughs> you're a good. You're a good Christian man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Jared G- Graybeal. See, yeah. Jared Jared Graybeal. And how old are you? Thirty one. And you've organized um, an event that's online that makes it so people can win money every single week. Yeah. Based on their. Um, I think it's fair to say this based on their CrossFit performance. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an elite. It's open to everybody, but you know, on the top 10, you're for sure going to see elite level athletes winning cash prizes. I wonder if you did like a, uh, uh, I don't even, I want, I can't wait to hear the details because I can never understand these things. Someone tried to explain Bitcoin to me yesterday. Yeah. Good luck. Holy shit. People that explain Bitcoin still don't understand Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's basically what he told me. But like I have trouble understanding some of these these CrossFit events too. Um uh what before I go there, I'm already gonna start giving advice. Um what if you did like just like a, a um an 80 and over, but you only win like 10 bucks? Yeah, so we've thought like okay sponsored so- by this Sevon podcast. I'll put up like 10 bucks a week. Okay. For people who are like 80 and over. I'll hold you to that for the next series. My mom um, entered a half marathon once and she took first place. And I was like, holy shit, you're amazing. And she goes, oh, I was the only one in my age category. Yeah. I was, I was like, like, yeah. Like that. I have to be the only one. Who <laughs> okay. I still give you points for that. Yeah. I was on like first place for 27 to 28. I don't know. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, I'll kind of back up and give you a little bit more context because yeah. – um, I'm a very like strategic person. I thought through a lot of different ways we could present the Zalos games to the community. Um, and one of the things was like, there's the business plan that, okay, so I'll back up even more. I sold my company, uh, which was a meal prep company called Superfit Foods. I sold it in March of this year. Um, I did a hundred percent exit and went on a road trip around the country. It was supposed to be for about six months. Um, not so much a soul searching thing for me. Cause I have been soul searching since I was like 12, but, um, mainly like, a let me enjoy the freedom that I have, like no kids, no wife, no business, you know, and that's very rare for a 30, 31 year old to experience. So, um, did you, you just drove? Yeah, I drove. I packed up my truck. I put a topper on the bed of my Silverado uh-huh. and got a bunch of milk crates from a local coffee shop. And like, basically those are my drawers in the bed of my truck. Cool. Um, but eventually now I just walk into an Airbnb with like two bags. I've like got it down. I don't even touch everything in the bed of my truck. Okay. Um, brought my dog with me. Okay. And what kind of dog? She's part lab, part pit and part Basenji. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have a Basenji Chihuahua. God, they're really? weirdos. They are so weird. <laughs> Basenjis are such weirdos. He's so weird. Like right now. 
Look at Does this. she do the? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it, and I see. I see those eyes. Those are the eyes, the Basenji eyes. Like always in trouble eyes. Um, I, I'm not friends with other dogs. Only humans. Other dogs are below. Yeah, me. dude. <laughs> I'm glad somebody else could empathize with that. She's you like, are below oh. me. Stay away, you dog. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, we we packed up and we hit the road and like the purpose of the trip. Uh, because everything I do is kind of with purpose um, was to figure out what I want to do next with my life career wise. Um, and to decide if I want to live somewhere differently than Jacksonville beach, which is where I've been for like the past almost 10 years. Um, is that Florida? Yeah. Northeast okay. Florida. Okay. Um, and so, you know, kind of two big questions to ask yourself, like where do I want to live and what do I want to do? Um, so I just dropped into gyms throughout the country, connected with friends, but also made new friends, um, worked out a ton, injured myself. And so didn't get to work out as much as I wanted to. What did you injure? Uh, so I had been nursing like a bad shoulder for years, um, uh-huh. but I finally put the nail in the coffin and tore my labrum, my bicep tendon and my infraspinatus in my right shoulder. So I had John Berzink on last week. He tore his labrum throwing a softball. I had Paul Lynn on last week, tore his labrum playing softball. And now you tore your labrum. And it's funny, before John told me that uh, he tore his labrum, I thought only women had labrums. But now I know men have them too. So here we go. Yeah. So there's a labrum third, in your third confirmation. Labrum in your shoulder. You have a hip labrum and a shoulder labrum. Okay. Um, but yeah, I did mine, which I would say that my labrum has been torn, but I just like tore it bad enough to where it really, really, um, I had to quit. Uh, I did week three of the open at training think tank. So mm-hmm. probably like for, a, I would say I'm an RXer, um, not the best environment for an RXer with a bad shoulder to do the, the open with like, where was Travis there? He was the one who judged me. Yeah. So, oh. you know, um, by the by the time the 30 muscle ups came around i was doing left arm muscle ups the whole time so damn damn no and you're like man you got judged by travis mayer Mayer. you're stoked yeah um i didn't see a picture of the two of you in your instagram you didn't or did i did not no i didn't like i didn't really fanboy it um huge mistake huge mistake i so fraser came and i grabbed Uh, i saw that i saw that um I would like a picture with Travis, but like me too, we became, I would say, I don't want to claim friendship, but we were strong acquaintances, you know? Um, Do you have his phone number in your phone? Like, could you text him? No. Oh, no, you're not friends. We have DM'd uh, periodically. So we're acquaintances. Hey dude, when you have as few followers as Travis Mayer, you can, he DMs everyone. (laughs) Dude, that hasn't even cracked a hundred K yet. He should though, but he's a sleeper. He sh- uh, so he should be a superstar. Yeah. Um, yes. But, In uh, my eyes, he is a superstar. Won the quarterfinals last year. Dude, I agree. And I think um, he gets credit for this, but he doesn't get enough credit for having four kids. Uh, I would say a healthy marriage. Obviously, I don't know a whole lot, but like, it looks like a healthy marriage. At least she's hot. She's attractive. And then he yep. runs a gym. And so, like, man, some of these games athletes, which rightfully so, like, that's all they do full time. Um, and they, do you think that's his real wife or it's just a prop? <laughs> it's too good. I just said, and she's hot and then she takes care of the kids. I'm like, wait a second. Maybe this is just like some marketing scam. Some people get lucky, man. Maybe um, he lives in a cardboard box and everything else is just like, who's his manager. Maybe his manager. That's all just props. Uh, Bijan, you know, is, Bichon. is that, you know, everybody. 
Yeah. Well, you know, was I that had, part of the plan for the six month tour to meet the, go to places know, like training well, think tank, meet the Matt Fraser. I, no, I also I'll, noticed rich Froning's part of your, like, uh, <laughs> is that there, he makes a lot of appearances in the, um, Zelos games. Yeah. Uh, Instagram. Um, no, I think if I would have intentionally set out to do that, I would have failed. Okay. I'm not like, I'm confident, but I'm not egotistical. So if you would have asked me like, Garrett, are you going on this trip to meet a bunch of professional games athletes and their coaches and their agents? I wouldn't have agreed with you because that's like really egotistical to assume that I can put myself in these places. Um, but yeah, I have- and, you're, and, you're, and your manager, Cooper's egotistical enough for, for you and him. So that's pretty. I don't know Cooper. No, that, no, no. I just, I just like picking on Cooper. I like Cooper in general. I didn't really get that kind of I like. So. I like Cooper too, but he's just an easy target for me. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, um, I started the trip in Miami, and which was really cool because I wanted to start at like the bottom of the country and then make my way to like California and then finish at the games and then come back to Florida. Um, and so – First day, I went to Peak 360, and I was training. I met Guido. Um, we kind of right away got into a faith conversation, so we kind of shared that bond. Um, Love that guy. Great guy. Guido is great, yeah. And then I was just sitting there warming up, and Noah was like, hey, I'm Noah. Do you want to work out? And I'm like, I know who you are, and yes, I do want to work out. <laughs> so, um, so him and I, you know, we worked out for a couple of days. He left and went to Atlanta. And before he left, he was like – By the way, another great guy. What a great Noah story. Just think about that, people, for a second. This yeah. fucking dude, Jared Graybeal, shows up at Peak 360, meets the legend Guido Trinidad, and then Noah asks him, do you want to work out? Yeah, Noah's I, really, I, I, good. I really So good crazy. We are, we are in the coolest community. Yeah, I was... We um, are in the coolest community. I was just talking about that. Like, you can't just, like, walk into a gym and be like, hey, Tom Brady, do you want to... Can I work out with you? Um, so uh, obviously the sport won't always be like that, but it's cool that it is right now. But Noah will always be like that, man. That dude's cool as shit. Yeah, for sure. And I think he, it's he's too nice. He is. He's very nice. I don't know if there's too nice, but he's very nice. There is. I was raised. My mom and dad were too nice. There is too nice. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I think. Um, and I've just from following certain media outlets and, and overhearing conversations, it's like some people don't believe that he's that nice. Um, like if that is genuine, it but is. if you spend time with him, like it's, it's genuine. It's like overwhelming almost. Um, but yeah, so he, he, he comes in, he's like, do you want to work out? I'm like, for sure. And so we worked out for a couple of days and he was like, I'm going to Atlanta. If you go through Atlanta, you should stop by training think tank. And so I was like, okay. So I did. And so that's kind of how that worked out. And then the next day in Atlanta, he was like, Hey, Frazier's coming. You want to hang out and train with him? I'm like, yeah. Um, or I was like, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, and lucky for me, cause I was like, wait, what does Frazier want to do? Cause I had just trained. Like, I don't, I'm not like these guys. I can't just hang out for six hours and work out. Um, like physiologically, I'm just not adapted to that lifestyle. And so I was like, well, what does Frazier want to do? And he was like, I, I heard he wants to do like a, some bodybuilding stuff. And I was like, yes, like, no assault bike. That's good for sure. Like I don't want to puke when I meet Frazier. So like, let's do some, we did bench press and pull-ups, which is like, Oh, perfect. Perfect for me. Yeah. Um, got to hang. Like you didn't notice that I was some friggin' loser outlier that wasn't fit. You know, um, I could, I could bench and pull up all the same. It was a good day. 
You must have some great squatting and lunging too, because your thighs are crazy. I do have a really good, yeah, I have strong lower extremities for sure. I have a bad yeah, back, so it's limiting. But um, do you do a lot of lunges? I do a lot of lunges. Yeah, yeah. I just start. My wife does them, and then I was like, you know what? I I just like avoid them like the plague. So I just started doing them again a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, you they know, break me. They break me off. They will if you do enough lunges, your butt will be more sore than you expected. Yeah, for days. Because you're you're using them unilaterally, right? Like they're independent of each other. So uh, what's independent of each other? Like when you okay, so a squat you're working collectively. It's a compound uh-huh. movement. Uh-huh. When you're lunging, you're putting a large like obviously you're stretching one leg and you're still activating it. Uh-huh. You're largely dependent on that front leg to do a squat motion. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like 70 30. 70 that walking front okay. leg. 30 the back leg so you're it's it's an easier version of a pistol right because like a pistol's completely independent of each other um but it's a more functional and i would say relevant movement and a crystal a pistol seems to work my quad yeah um, when i do pistols when i when i when i um do lunges it's like the only time i feel like i can get my ass yeah you know and the, the depth and everything that comes into play and so you know like I usually, because I think with my muscles when I'm doing movements like that. So at the bottom, your butt is what kind of pushes you back up. So in a pistol, you probably usually depend on your most dominant muscle, which is for you probably going to be your quad. Yeah. I got um, a little tiny ass like this. <laughs> a tiny, tiny. Um, so yeah. So uh, back, I'll kind of, I'll reel us back in here. Back yes. on the, off my uh, ass and onto your trip. To the road trip. Yeah. So like. Four or five months into it, like when I sold my company, I was very confident that I was not going to start another company. I mean, I don't know at what level, um, obviously you run the Savon podcast, but I don't know what, what level of entrepreneurship or business ownership you've ever experienced. But to build a nationwide meal prep company that ships out and has employees that work on a line and they cook for a living, you've got marketing people and is complicated like any other business, but I would argue that running a meal prep company or a food distribution company in general is one of the most complicated. Sounds crazy. And the seven podcast is nothing but getting up early in the morning. (laughs) So to be able to sell that, um, was a dream come true. It wasn't something that I planned on. Like who bought it? A company called muscle maker grill out of Texas. They're a publicly traded healthy food company. Okay. So, um, it was a dream come true. And it was like freedom for me because I had spent six years building this company, getting it to profitability, getting it debt free, which is just all crazy, crazy stuff. There's so many, you know, all your employees hate you, right? I hope not. Um, Oh, they do. They do. I worked at CrossFit Inc when it was sold and it it went from everyone loving Greg to everyone hating Greg overnight. Cause you know how they feel. Um, Everyone feels that like their daddy abandoned them. I mean, there's of course the shit employees who are super excited because they think the grass is going to be greener on the other side, but they're all fucking have a rude awakening. Like the couple employees that already hated you are like, yeah, I'm glad Jaren's selling this shit. He's running the shit into the ground. Too many, too much, too much focus on health and not enough on on putting in some applesauce so that we can make money. And then they got the new owners and they're like, fuck. Yeah. Oh my God. Jared had integrity. These pieces of shit just want to make money. And, and, and they, and they, and those, those, so everyone hates you. Even the ones who are like, yeah, anyway, sorry. I'm just telling you. Just, telling uh, you. just full disclaimer for anybody yeah. watching. Those are Savan's opinions only. Uh, yes. Yes. Just my opinions. Yes. 
Um, and they could totally be wrong. I was wrong once when I was like 12. I feel that. So, so no, you could be right. I, uh, they could, they could dislike me. Um, I stayed connected with a few of them over time, but that faded as well, of course. Um, but so anyways, after I, I'm not saying what you did was wrong, by the way. Oh, that's okay. Or I'm not saying what Greg did was wrong either. I'm just telling you, like I was the guy was, I was one of your employees. Yeah. You got to be there. Yeah. Fuck Um, man. So I told myself I wouldn't start another company. You know, like um, is the long story short. And yeah, Greg, um, Greg just told me that the other day I was talking to him too. There, he, and he's like, there's no fucking way I'm starting another company. Yeah. But I think, but I think you will. And I think you will, but go on. Well, I did. <laughs> while, we're, ah! while we're talking, right. Um, so I didn't set out to start the Zalos games. I was actually ironically trying to get a job at CrossFit HQ. Um, I kind of did an inventory of like, you know, what am I good at? What am I, what year? This, year? this year. Okay. Um, Ended up, you know, I got to connect with Justin, not the Justin, Justin Berg. He's like the regional manager, a regional affiliate manager. Um, connected with Gary. Oh, the, Gary Gaines. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I ever met him. But there wasn't anything on the table for me, and they were kind of tr- transparent about, hey, there's like thousands of people trying to get this job that have already worked with CrossFit. Um, so keep trying, you know, and I was like, all right. Yeah, but you were, and the other problem is now is I don't think CrossFit hires people who do CrossFit. Like, like when I worked there, everyone did CrossFit. I think now if you do CrossFit, it's seen as a bad thing. Like, um, sorry, I just can't help but be a dick, but I think it's the truth. I think more than I would, I would guess that half their employees now don't do CrossFit. When I worked there, every single person did CrossFit. Yeah. It was like, we had found like people had found God through CrossFit, right? I mean, it changed their life, saved their life. And now, like, I, I, I looked at pictures of the president. I mean, I mean anyway, this is your, this, I, we'll circle back around if we have time at the end and I'll tell you. Yeah, no. But, but, uh, but go on. Go hey, on. Just so you know, uh, coming on this podcast, I expected you to be yourself. So you don't, you don't Good. need to apologize. I just don't want to hijack the show and like it turn into my um my bitching session because I'm really curious how people can make money working out. Like, because I really fucking love that idea. That's like the whole thing. When when Matt Sousa, the producer of the show, is like, "Hey, this dude has this thing where people can make money," and then I asked a few people about it and they hadn't heard about it. I'm like, how the fucking like like really fit people? And I'm like, dude, like, why wouldn't you just do this one workout every week so you can make money? But we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I can empathize there. Okay. So back to the story. I didn't really want to start a company. I was trying to get a job with CrossFit HQ because that just seemed, you know, in this, in this world for me, I'm a, I'm a business person. Um, I'm also like, I'm a fitness entrepreneur, right? Right. This isn't the tech world where I can go get a job at 17 different tech companies. Like as a business professional with my level of acumen, it's like, there's really one place where I can express those abilities. And that's like, maybe a great job at HQ. And that's the way that I, and you'd get a ton of experience and insight, right? Right. So that was like the only outlet in the beginning, but that didn't work out. And I continued to go on my journey. And at some point from hanging out with enough athletes and having conversations, it was, and then reading more morning chalk up every day. It's like, there's a serious problem with earning potential for these professional athletes. Um, or maybe not problem, but there's a serious opportunity for someone out there to create, more earning potential for these athletes. And if there's a way that someone could do it, that would be a viable business opportunity for them. So they don't go broke doing it. Then that's something I would be interested in pursuing. 
Um, I didn't know what it looked like, but <clears throat> I was walking through the casino in Vegas and just the idea hit me like, what if I started an online competition where people can pay a little bit of money and possibly win a lot of money and they can bet on their own skills. So like these games athletes can compete from Russia, from China, from Cookville, you know what I mean? They don't have to travel. They don't have to take COVID tests. Um, they don't have to fail a COVID test. Uh, and so they can just throw down once a week or twice a week and win a thousand bucks if they want. And so obviously that's very high level. I had to like break it down and I did. And I built a business plan for like 2022. Cause that's typically how I articulate my ideas is I try to build a business plan. And if it, if it looks like crap, then I don't, I won't work with it. But if it looks pretty good, like this could be a business, I'll continue to what Netflix calls mine for dissent. So talk to people and see if they don't like it and why. Um, so I built a business plan for 2022 and there was supposed to be like a season. Netflix model. does that. Do they, they do that for their move for their movies or what, 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 what purpose do they do that for? Yeah. So when somebody gets an idea at Netflix, they're required to mine for dissent, meaning like go to all their superiors. Oh, and, okay. And like, say like, why won't this work? Like, for- but not necessarily about movies, but like, Hey, I want to move the play button from here to here. Yeah. And the movie ideas too, like okay. everybody. You know, okay. the because they don't mind for descent for quality of movies because they got some shit on there. <laughs> they do, but there's a segment of the world that probably really thought that was a good idea. You know, I get. I guess. I mean, Will Smith should never be in a bad movie. I saw some horrible like zombie shit he was in. I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh nonsense? yeah, that's fair. That wasn't that wasn't great. And then I saw another one recently that was like everyone was talking about how good it was. It was like an alien one where then the guy had to go to Antarctica or something and like or Russia and like bomb the aliens. It was I watched two hours of it and there was like 10 minutes left. And I just turned it off. I'm like, I don't even give a fuck. Like, I you don't care. My last 10 minutes. Yeah, I just heard my wife get into bed. There's nothing in this show that's like worth me not just sliding in right behind her. This is fucking horrible. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, so- and I never went back and watched it. I don't know how if you watch Netflix every day, you're wasting your fucking life, dude. Not you. No, it's well, fine. you too. Yeah, you too. I'll take it. <laughs> I try to limit my fuck. When my, I hear uh, people are addicted to porn or they watch too much Netflix or that I hear all this stuff, I can't even relate. I can't even like porn is for like when you go to a hotel room. Like when when do you have time in your day to watch porn? Like buy a fucking assault bike. Start a podcast. Yeah. Build a house with popsicle sticks. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I would say people. And I like porn. I'm not against it. I don't have like some moral or some shit. I just think like, it just seems like a, um, uh, I, 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 I you're throwing something on the floor. Yeah, Your seed. I, Save that shit. And like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it just seems like just have a fucking little bit of discipline. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have crazy yeah. discipline? I have, I think probably compared to the average person, I would say I have crazy discipline. Like if you got, if you, if you got hungry at like nine o'clock at night, you're like, nah, shut it, shut it, Jerry. No, not like that. Cause I will justify like, oh, this is energy for tomorrow. Um, oh, <laughs> I won't. <laughs> Nobody use that. This um, guy has an insane body. You can't use that. Do what yeah, I said and like, just deny it. You know, I was a bodybuilder for a period of time. So yeah, in that instance, I would be like, all right, I've already hit my protein and carbohydrates for the day or something like that but now uh, i have more flexibility as a crossfitter so um if i want to have a snack but chances are it's not going to be a super unhealthy snack or something like that now don't get me wrong like i ate pizza last night i'm a normal person 
Um, but if I ate pizza last night and tonight, I'm not going to eat pizza. You know what I mean? Of course. So, um, it, sorry, business, business, you make a business plan. You're like, damn, this shit looks good. Yeah. It looked, it looked okay. It looked, do um, you make it in a vacuum? It's just you and, and sitting at a coffee shop with a notebook or. Yeah. Notebook, Google drive, um, Microsoft word. So, uh, wrote this out. I shared it with a couple friends that don't really have a lot of experience in the CrossFit world, but they're business people. So, you know, they had some questions and I was able to work through those questions and I shared it. Like I actually called Noah. Noah was one of the first people I told about it. Um, cause I wanted to get an athlete perspective. Like, Hey, is this something that you would do? Like if it became a thing, like, would you be like, Oh no, forget that. Or would you be like, Hey, this is interesting. Um, and he liked the idea. Ironically, he didn't do it, but like he liked the idea. He let um, you use a picture to promote it. I saw you had a picture of him in the, um, in the idea. Yeah. That's um, cool. Yeah, I actually got um, in trouble a little bit, uh, like a formal cease and desist on that one. But, um, <laughs> but Noah is a nice guy. Noah is a nice guy, and his and his agents are professional. So I yes. appreciate yeah. and I respect that right. um, because we didn't. Now, well, full disclaimer: they have to do that because they have to. They you they can't they can't later on have someone use Noah's picture for like coca-cola and then they point to zealous games and be like well jared did it and that set precedent that noah's okay with it i get it yeah no i get it and like i'm a like i'm i'm in business law right now so like uh, i'm sorry so i get it yeah it sucks but i get it and um full disclaimer though that was a picture from a, a games photographer that had a release on that picture um and we weren't advertising a product or service that was an announcement so legally we're still fine, but I like, I, you know, took, um, respect, took respect to that. And that's fine. Yeah. Every other athlete that you see on the Zales games page though, we're good. Um, so yeah. Anyways. Um, so I called Noah and he's like, I think that's a, you know, a great idea. You, you should talk to Guido about it. Um, and so eventually I did talk to Guido about it. He was like, that's great. What about this? What about that? Um, and I shared it. Like I ended up, it's kind of cool how it all came about. Um, Jason from X Endurance and me have been friends on Instagram for a long time. I don't really know how that happened, but we've we see each other's stuff. So however the algorithm works, we we were like followers of each other. And uh, right when I was putting together like a sponsorship deck, I was like, let me hit up Jason and see if you know X Endurance would be interested in sponsoring this thing. So I called or DM'd him, and he was like, yeah, man, let's jump on a call. Called him. He was like, I really like this idea. X Endurance will sponsor it, but you should get on the phone with Cooper and Justin Kotler. And I was like, sweet. I met Justin. Justin Kotler. I keep hearing that name. That's Daniel Brandon, Kerry Peterson, Bethany's coach. Yeah. Oh, why yeah. him? Well, I'll give a little bit more context for okay. that. Too. So like I met him in Vegas. I trained. Is he rich as fuck? Is, is Justin rich? Super rich? I don't think he's super rich. Oh, okay. Um, I know Bill Henniger. I don't know who Bill Henniger is. He owns Rogue. Bill and Katie. No, Bill and Katie. Um, okay, okay. I think Justin's financially stable. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just, I was just, I was just like guessing, like talk to Justin, he'll give you a mill to start this shit up or something. No, like that. I think yeah, more okay. like Justin helped me program the third workout, but, um, but they liked the idea, and I guess they had had conversations in the past around trying to create more potential earning for athletes. And so when I reached out to Jason, he was like, "You're the first person to actually try to build something online for this." So. Uh, you should talk to Justin and Cooper. And I was like, Oh sweet. I met Justin. And I actually told him about this idea at the games and he liked it. So let's revisit it. So we all got on the phone together and they were like, Hey, we'll support you uh, any way that we can. Um, you know, 
without over promising and, and stuff like that. And so um, that allowed me to get connected with the underdogs athletes. And uh, they did the first throwdown and um, they did some promotional stuff. And an underdog is Justin Kotler's training company. Yes. Like, um, like think tank is uh, Max Hague's. Yes. Hodges. I'm not sure. Shit. I used to know. I used to know like a few months ago. Yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, cool. So yeah, you kind of hate that. Like you're starting a business and you want feedback from people, but you really don't want it. Hey, Jared, how are you? Look, I got a haircut. What do you think about it? Actually, I don't give a fuck. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Is there any of that? I mean, like, you're like, Oh God, why did I ask this guy's opinion? No, because I have, um, I only ask people's opinions that I actually want. them. Okay. Fair. uh, So I was very open to their feedback because I'm coming from like a a place of relative obscurity. Like I was a meal prep entrepreneur for six years. Um, and prior to that, like I ran gyms and I did personal training and coaching, but it had been some time. So like, I'm not a, well, I'm not a, nobody knows who I am in this, in this world. Right. And so, um, I appreciate and respect all the feedback from Cooper and from Jason and from Justin and from Jake Lockard at Mayhem and from Noah and Guido. And like, I wrote it down and considered it. And I made a lot of changes to the plan based off the feedback that I got. So so that's kind of how the early stages went down. Um, but once I identified, okay, before I do 2022 and like risk everything that I've accomplished financially, uh, let me do a test. And that's what October was, like a beta test. Um, it was a three-part online competition series where the athletes could earn cash prizes for top 10. And uh, overall, there's a top 10 cash prize as well. It's about 70 grand in cash prizes. Um, and then there's 30 raffle prizes that, are worth up to 10 grand. So you already lost me. Sorry. Go back. Uh, Where did we go? T- 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 so October of 20, so a year ago, this October, yeah. just, just started. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what is the competition now? So the Zalos games is a three part online competition series with cash prizes associated with each individual week. And then the overall. Okay. So what was week one? October 4th to 10th. And, and, but I mean, what was the workout? The first workout was programmed with the help of Mayhem athletes. So Rich and Jake, um, four, eight, 12, 16, 20 deadlifts with two twenty five, one fifty five, um, two, four, six, eight, ten wall walks. So this was like our sprint workout. And then, so me and you and anyone around the world who paid 1999 would do the workout. Mm-hmm. And the winner would get a certain would get a cash prize, right? The top ten winners would get cash prizes. Oh, the top ten. Yeah, it's anywhere from two grand to fifty bucks. And then the um, and then the, there would be the second week and the third week, and those are individual prizes. And then whoever had the best score over all three wins another prize. Could you not win? Be in the theoretically, could you be eleventh place all three weeks and and still win? The, yeah. the the grand prize okay yeah because that's how crossfit scoring works which i love okay uh, if people are jumping all over the board but you're 11 11 11 chances are you're going to be seven in the overall or something like that. And, and and does the overall pay down 10 places also yeah the overall is four grand for number one and then i think 200 for 10 something like that that's really cool is, is the goal that that would be just like at 52 weeks a year that shit's just going no oh 
in the very beginning, my thought was like a lot of weeks. And then as I continue to build out like the thought process and even look at major competitions throughout the year, like I'm not trying to overlap with major competitions that would defeat the purpose. I'm trying to create opportunity where there isn't any. So like where Rogue is happening, where Wadapalooza is happening, where even the games are happening. I don't really want to create overlap there because there that's the opportunity and it already exists. I'm trying to create a supplemental product in the CrossFit space that provides athletes with an opportunity to earn, but also provides fans with entertainment seasonally. Cause I don't, I think that's another big issue is that there's just not enough entertainment for us to call this a sport, but we can only watch it once a year. And Uh, what's the entertainment people have to record it and then post it. And then they, and then you guys post it on like your website. What's the website? Zello games. The zelosgames.com is a domain that's going to reroute you to competition corner. So, <clears throat> but you, so what's Zelos mean? Sorry, I know we're all over. What's Zelos mean? What did you, how did you come up with that? It's the Greek god of rivalry, but I didn't just start there. Um, okay. I'm a pragmatist. So, like, I was like, all right, I need a name. And what do I want in a name? I want two syllables because I think three is too long and one is too simple. Um, like, you look at big names like Apple, Zillow, things like that, two syllables. Um, I want it to be a high Scrabble scoring word uh, mm. or words with friends for any millennials, but um, Z and X, like I wanted to associate it with, with those if I could. Um, I wanted it to be a games, you know what I mean? Not a qualifier or competition or invitational. And I started looking up words with meaning and um, I looked up like, uh, you know, translation for competition, translation for winning, translation for rivalry. And then came across Zelos, which is the Greek god of rivalry. It's actually like the brother of Nike. So, um, so yeah, so I was like, I like that. I think um, if I choose that, some people will be curious, but some people will really like it. And that's kind of how names work. And so um, ran with it. And the, you know, the meaning is very relevant. So Okay. Awesome. Okay. Sorry. So go on. I, I, I was, I was looking around. I was, um, I ended up on the box rocks, um, article. Ar- article. And then from there, it gave me a link to the, to the Zellos games. Yeah. And the, so the entertainment piece is, is mainly on YouTube. Um, or it's all on YouTube really. So what we did is we kicked off with like a live throwdown in Vegas and the mm-hmm. underdogs athletics team did like three waves to where you could tune in live and watch them throw down. Um, Obviously, it's nothing like the game. There's nothing like watching your NFL team on a Sunday. Um, but somebody's got to start somewhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I think – so you, I, I think it's pretty damn good if you, you had Bethany, Carrie, and Danielle doing it. And then Allison Scuds and um, Alice Kazan, Kazan, Kazan. Um, and then a few other people, Raph, who's Allison Scuds' boyfriend, Matt DeLugos. That they dude's do. got some crazy quads too. Have you ever met that dude? Matt Lugos? No, uh, uh, Sc- Scuds is a boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were. I was there. So. Oh, okay. Um, you, got, you guys have the same legs. Did you Did you notice his legs? I didn't spend a whole lot of time looking at his legs, but oh uh, yeah, he, he looks nuts. Fit. Nuts, nuts. Those things fill up with blood and they just stop. <laughs> I saw him doing some games testing for Dave one year. It was nuts. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go on. Okay. So you had all these people. Yeah. So that was kind of the kickoff of the entertainment piece. 
Um, then that Friday we had Bailey. Congratulations, Rail. by the way. That's killer. That's a killer crew. How, I mean, Danielle Brandon and Bethany and Carrie Pierce. That's those are hot properties. Those are they're fucking superstars in the community. They're so awesome. It was really cool. Yeah, everyone knows them. So had Bailey Rail do Friday um, solo. Then the next Monday had Dallin Pepper and uh, a girl named Kyra Milligan, who said a regionals athlete. Um, they did it head to head in Utah. Then Friday, the next Friday, we did Tyler Christoffel went live on YouTube by himself. Um, Mayhem athlete almost made the games. He was like sixth in the last chance ballpark. Um, and then this week, Christian Harris and the Move Fast Lift Heavy crew did yes last night. Uh, I keep hearing that name, Christian Harris, and I, oh, I hate to do this. Is that the guy who popped? No, but somebody on his team did. Okay, okay. I keep hearing his name, and I keep, every time I, I always end up on his Instagram account, and I don't know um, uh, why. Like, but he, he just must be super well connected. He must know a fucking shit ton of people. He's yeah, he is really well connected. He's great. Yeah, I always I always end up there. Is he a cool, dude? I never met him. Uh, I mean, we've met in passing, and he seemed cool, and we've talked on the phone a few times just about putting this together. Gotcha. Uh, okay. He's a really cool dude. Yeah. Uh, from what I've gathered so far, he's no Noah. Well, I haven't gotten to spend I'm joking. Time. I'm just but busting on the he, dude. Uh, Noah I'm, just, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just busting on You can like feel Noah's niceness. Yes, you know yes, I mean? yes. I'm sure Christian um, Harris is a great dude. I just, I, I just, it's crazy how often his name, like once a week, somehow someone points to him or says, you should see this or. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, you got to remember like Chris, Christian's from New York. Mm-hmm. Noah's from South Florida. Like mm-hmm. the niceties and like the, uh, people, you know what I mean? Um, Christian Harris is rain and thunder. Noah is rainbows and sun. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, so that is the Zalos games and that's how it all kind of came together. Um, Was it a success? Are you going to keep going? It depends on how you measure success. So Uh, meaning that you want to do it again. I do want to do it again. Um, I think that we've built like a really strong brand. Um, I think that like the media coverage has been fantastic for the Zalos games the uh, I mean, if you look at the top 10, a couple of things that I wanted to accomplish, I did. One, it's a smorgasbord of nations. Like if you look at the, the flags on there, it's like people from all over the world are top 10. And that's what I wanted to accomplish is creating an equal level opportunity for people to win money um, for, for elite athletes. Not all people, obviously. But um, and then there's big I mean, there's games athletes on the top 10, um, like more than five of them. And then regional like there's well-known athletes on the top 10 it's not like nobody signed up so the top 10 is a bunch of me and you you know like um so i accomplished that financially i didn't hit the goal that i wanted like to be fully transparent and i think there's a couple reasons for that uh two of the major reasons and this isn't a hit on on them by any means but wadapalooza announced their last chance qualifier like kind of last minute compared to how we announced ours um and like that's probably what they had planned and there's nothing wrong with how they did that, but their last chance qualifiers started the day that the first day of those games started. Okay. Um, so that cannibalized a significant amount of the elite level athletes that we may have attracted. Right. Um, because they're all gunning for Wadapalooza and rightfully so, because like who is the Zalos games compared to Wadapalooza? So there's that, that dude over there who owns that shit, Matt O'Keefe. He's cool as shit. You should, you should talk to him and, and coordinate. He probably give you a heads up. He wants to grow the ecosystem. Have you met him? I haven't met him. I DM'd him. It hasn't been opened. So, um, oh, okay. 
But we have it, it has. Oh, okay. He's yeah. He's cool as shit. Once, um, yeah, you should talk to him. He he's like a huge supporter of the entire ecosystem. He's Everyone super likes him. Cool. Like yeah. you know, from following and, and so if anybody watching this knows him and wants to connect me, I'm I'm all for it. Um. So yeah. So that's one thing that I just didn't anticipate because I did plan this October series on purpose. Like it was like there's no competitions going on mid October. There's rogue rogue at the end of October, which was like nine days after our last one ends. Um, and then there's like November had like filthy one fifty, uh, Dubai, uh, Raz Alkama, stuff like that. So I was like, I don't want to mess with November. I don't want to mess with December. I got to test this in October and I have to get this done. So, but then Waterpalooza announced qualifiers and that cannibalized a lot of our elite level athletes. I imagine I'm just making an assumption. And then I don't know if you've seen this, but CrossFit HQ launched lift move work. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. I see that shit. Same with Zillow. Same with like all these things, like the, all these qualifiers and the Wadapaloozas. Like for some reason that I I just tune out as soon as I see that. Like I just need to see like um, burpees for seven minutes or deadlift two four. I just need to see that as soon as I start hearing all the other shit. There's going to be three or it's a pre qualifier for a qualifier that goes to an online. I just fucking tune out. So like I saw that move lift. Sorry, I'm already checked out. Like I like, do you know what I mean? Like it was just yeah. too. But I know that wasn't your point. But I just see these. Th- I need it so simple. I need yeah. like a button. Five dollars here. Do jumping jacks for an hour. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. We're gonna try to make it more simple on our end. But yeah, the CrossFit say, thing. What the fuck is that? What are they doing? It's um. And again, like I'm not. I'm sure that they have great intentions, but um, they announced that last minute and that launched October fourth, which is when we launched as well. And so, and what is, what is CrossFit doing? This is a competition for affiliates or is this to go, is this a qualifier for the games? What is this thing they're doing? From what I've someone write in the comments, what the fuck is going on over there? And even when I worked there, we did shit like that. Like I would be fucking head of media and I'd be, there'd all of a sudden be like, uh, we're doing a a liftoff with a USA weightlifting and it's tomorrow. I'm like, what? Like, when did we announce that? They're like a month ago. I'm like, I don't. I don't know what the ambition here is, but basically it's, it's different types of, it's like three different types of workouts, like one lift, one move and one work. I don't know how that's defined, but it's, there's different brackets and, um, it's nine ninety nine to compete. And the reward is seeing how you stack up against people in the world. There's no like actual reward. It's not a qualifier. Okay. There's no money. Um, so I think that it's, a, it's so all I heard. So I just translated that to it's a three event open so that you can see how you compare to other people who entered. Yeah. And it costs 10 bucks. Right. It sounds like they're just trying something. It's a pre open event. Brandon Waddle says Allegra. Thanks for the loot. Nine ninety nine. That's awesome. Yeah. You're a good. You're a good dude. Is Allegra a boy or a girl? I would guess a girl. Yeah, me too. In like Thank 10 you. years, it might be anything, but Thank um, you. okay. So yeah, and again, I, like no, no bad blood there, but uh, they announced it like three days in advance, and it launched October fourth. And so, what I see happened is like Wadapalooza cannibalized my elites, and then Lift Move Work cannibalized my general population, uh, right. you know, registrations. Uh, and so we didn't hit the numbers, and I'm not like it's not a cop out. We probably could have done things better, and it's a first time, but. You know, I, I expected a lot more registrations and we didn't hit that number, I think, because uh, there was so much saturation in a short period of time. What if there was a what if there was a scaled? Oh, did I lose you? 
I'm here. What if what if there was a scaled Zelos version and like you just want a t-shirt? So there fittest, is fittest non juiced up fittest non steroidal uh competitor, something yeah. funny like that. We uh we do have a scaled division and it kind of like um fell flat. Uh okay. And there's a lot to be won. So when you sign up for the Zelos games, you already get fifteen dollars off fit aid, you get fifteen percent off true grip fitness equipment, you get 10% off X endurance, you get 10% off the toe spacer, you get so there's like over a hundred dollars in value for spending 20 bucks to sign up. So right away you're gonna get a return on your investment. Um and there's 30 raffle prizes. One like the first one is a three thousand dollar home gym and then the last one's like a hundred dollar gift card from Fitted. So the likelihood of winning is high um for those opportunities. And that was kind of how we wanted to appeal to the scaled uh, audience. Um, but I think we just, we just didn't hit the mark. And I, again, I think the lift move work thing kind of like took that audience because it's CrossFit. Like I'm, I'm like the Zalos games and it's like CrossFit, you know? Yeah. Uh, their media exposure, their, their net that they can catch people in is far greater. Um, so we did do a scale thing in short, it just fell flat. I think in the future, our, how we will appeal to the community is by building out a stronger entertainment suite, um, better media, and then how we will appeal to the athletes is continuing to raise the prize money. I don't think that we'll try to get scaled people signed up to win things again in the future. I don't know for sure, but I just think that we that fell flat. I don't think the general population is really ready to do anything outside of the open. Um, maybe you almost need the affiliate owners to be, um, maybe that's why the, the open so successful too, is because it's the, the affiliate owners are really, um, behind it. And it's such a, it's such a community event. It is. And I, I mean, I never wanted to do the open and I was always so happy. I did. I was always, I couldn't believe how proud of myself I was. Yeah. It's like, it's a, a, you're at the party and it's a party trip. Like you gotta, you gotta join in. Um, and you so, don't even care. You don't sign up because you don't you don't want people to see how shitty you are. But then once you're done, you don't even care if you were good or bad. At least I never did. I was just like, holy shit, I did it. Yeah, you want to put your score up there and like know that it's there. Or this, um, I, fin- I finished. I yeah. lasted all the weeks. I got a double under. And so I, I emailed thousands of affiliates trying to like get them involved. And I got, I got like a 30% open rate, but like a 0.001 response rate. Um, gotcha. Again, it's it's from obscurity, right? Like what the heck is that? Looking? Right. Um, so I would take very long to have an open style event where people actually are because it's a lot of work to host open in general. That's why we announced the workout in advance so affiliates can take part because I know it's a shame when we're announced for night like an event writing. Um, so we try to appeal to the affiliates, we try to appeal to so at least we try. I think we try to be all things for all people. Um, and I wanted to test the water and then I said, okay, what are we moving for? So, Hold on a sec, Jared. Hold on. Can you hear me? You're breaking up I so can, bad. I can hear you. And I have good service on my end. Um, okay. So, so, sorry. Okay. Now you're back. You were just breaking up really bad for about three or four seconds. Sorry about that. I didn't say anything important. Dude um, just turned into an internet. Or, sorry, dude just turned into a robot. That's what someone said. <laughs> I've heard worse, so that's okay. 
Um, by the way, have there been any cool comments? I don't see the comments. I mean, I'm not a very controversial person, so I don't imagine anybody said anything <laughs> weird. But uh, nothing. No, that was the only one so far. Uh, the only thing, it's just random shit. But someone said it's 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 a uh, it's a pre-open event. I forget what that was in reference to. The lift move work thing. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about more controversial stuff so people start commenting. So I'm kidding. I don't want to be. A, I don't want to put myself in a corner like that. But uh, well, so why why did you sell the um the the food uh super fit? I was ready to move on. I um like I said, my, all my are you married? Are you you're not married, or you don't have kids? Mm-mm. Okay, sorry. Go on. Yeah. So I mean, you know, in 2015 when I started Super Fit Foods, it was really like a God thing for me. Um, and I was a personal trainer, gym owner, gym manager. Like that was what I had done the past eight years prior. Um, but an opportunity presented itself to start a meal prep company. And I didn't think long-term about it at all. So we started this company and it, it blew up because I'm a heck of a salesman and I'm a pretty good business person. And so right away within months, I'm like, Oh crap, like this is a real thing and I have to run this thing. Um, and I believe in the mission because um, I think healthy food can change the world if people eat it. So, uh, so I wanted to kind of push back against the processed food world and the crappy meal prep companies out there. And we did a really great job of that on a, on a small scale. And as the company continued to grow, I continued to get better. And, um, you know, over time we had this pretty big uh, nationwide meal prep company. And so I didn't think too much about exiting for a while. I mean, year three and four was complicated. I had to buy out my partner. Um, you know, that put me back financially. And then year four, I got ahead of it. And as I was turning 30, which so December of 2019, I'm thinking through what do I want to do in my 30s? I'm about to turn 30. That's a pivotal moment. Um, biblically, it's it's kind of a pivotal year uh, for just like characters in the Bible. So I'm thinking through this year a little bit differently. And I'm like, okay, well, where do I want to live? What do I want to do? Do I want to run super fit? And do I want to run it for the next five to 10 years of my life? It had been bootstrapped. I built it from nothing. No investors. Like investors don't normally hang around Northeast Florida. So um, it was a challenge, man. And, you know, I thought, okay, we're profitable. We're debt free. I've done the work. I think in my thirties, I want to get back into fitness, fitness, like not food fitness, but like fitness, fitness. You know what I mean? Um, Cause the funnest I ever had working was when I was a personal trainer working for myself, training clients. Um, granted, our purpose in life is not about having fun. So I think me as a business person, I do a better service for the world by running a business. And so that's why I built and ran Superfit. But long story short, I decided in my 30s, I didn't want to do it anymore. And we were at a place where we could sell and we could do well. Um, the pandemic hit and we grew a lot in that um, because we were able to pivot and launch a local delivery service and we launched like cold press juices and all this fun stuff. Um, so we were really attractive to buyers um, after COVID because we had this subscription-based healthy food model that ultimately was benefited by it. Um, when you said it's a God, a God thing, starting Superfit was a God thing. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So I, I imagine we'd get in this conversation and I'm excited for it. So for me, um, I'm not particularly special. Right. And that's not like a false humility thing, but um, I know I'm pretty smart. I'm pretty capable. I know I have nice quads, whatever. But like, I don't get 
I have a lot of bad ideas in my world and I have some exceptional ideas, but then sometimes I have these really good ideas where I'm like, that's not my idea. Like that's, that's a God thing. Like there's nothing bad about this. I mean, obviously it'd be challenging to start a meal prep company, but it serves a purpose. People are struggling with their diets. This solves that problem. My personal training clients always have an excuse for not eating healthy. This will solve that problem. And so it was kind of like a, a God thing for me. Um, and then I didn't have experience in food production. So I still don't get it. Let me ask you this other question and then we'll come back. Where did you learn to think like this, like this paradigm of thought or organizing your thoughts like this or, or judging your own thoughts like this? Where, where did you come up with that? Uh, I don't think I learned it in like one place. I didn't go on like a journey um, and learn it in one moment or anything like that. But I would say I'm a, I'm a, there's a fly on my screen. I'm a, um, I'm a long story person. So I'm gonna try to make this short. I've been, I'm a complex thinker. I have been since like, I can remember thoughts, um, been questioning existence and creation since I was like 11. Um, early on I was an atheist because I just thought that there was too much pain and suffering, at least in my world for there to be a God. And that was very selfish of me because I was raised in America. Like, uh, even though I was a poor, broke little kid growing up, I've nothing like the people in Haiti or North Korea. Right. So, um, anyway, I was an atheist early on, but always, always thinking 17 different thoughts about one decision. I've always been a very complex thinker. Um, so that being said, I'm my, you sound like a woman. I, <laughs> I tried so hard not to say that. I tried so hard not to say it. Allegra, you want your money back? Fuck, I get it. That's so uh, you address, I'll send your money back. That's funny. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, take um, it as a compliment. That that kind of bails me out too. That 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 saves me. If anyone says that's so sexist, I'll be like, "What are you talking about? That was a compliment." No, it's a good thing because guys are. Uh, <laughs> most guys are like very simple, <laughs> so like. Um, I- I heard this thing that women replay conversations in their head and men think about sex and sports. And it, and it's so funny because it, it, it really is. I mean, I'm not, it's not that simple, but my wife will be like, Hey, do you think I was rude to so-and-so at the market today? And I'll be like, Hmm, should I stay up right now and watch the, the UFC, uh, uh, after report or should I sneak in bed with my wife? And I'll be like, what'd you say, honey? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, so she, <laughs> and like literally that is what's going on. I'm like, got sports and my wife. And she's like, was I rude to so-and-so? I'm like, damn. Yeah, I, someone I, someone cracked the code on us. Okay, so you so so you got a lot going on. You're thinking about a lot of things. Always, always. Okay. And for what it's worth, I'm thinking about the same thing guys are thinking about too. So there's a lot going on up here. Okay. Um, oh shit, you got so, both. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, like very much so. Uh, but so, you know, as a kid, that's how I'm thinking. I was an atheist early on. Um, then I went to jail, and of course, it's kind of cliche, of course, which is is whatever. But in jail, I what did you go to? Did you hurt someone? Um. That's not why I went to jail. Oh, well, that's I good. Have um, I what did fighting, so? Yes and no. What did you go um, to jail for? So when I was eleven, I started selling weed, and when I was seventeen, I got caught selling eleven. Uh, yeah. Where do you get weed? Where do you get weed when you're eleven? Uh, from a guy in the hood named Dre. <laughs> wow um, did did he front that, or did you have to come up with your own starter cash? Yeah. So we can get into this story. I kind of enjoy it. Um, when I was 11, we were dead broke. 
And so I was in sixth grade. I kind of got, uh, mom and dad are together. No, they, they were divorced before I was born. Okay. Um, holy shit. Dude, why do people listen to me? People don't fucking get married. If you're just going to get a divorce, don't you're just making it worse. Like they should have never even gotten married. It's okay to have the kid. Don't get married. So you can have a fucking divorce. You, so your mom went through a divorce while you were in her belly. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that to to pregnant women. They got shit going on. Um, Fuck. Okay, yeah, sorry. Go on. I didn't marry my wife until like until she's pregnant with the my second and third child. Until you knew. Well, well, I was, she. I just was like, hey, I, if I die, I don't want there to be any complications with her getting all my shit. That's I good. don't want any like you know, so like. But that being said, it ended up being really profound for me. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Ex- I didn't expect it to be. Um, we just went to the courthouse and like, I never, like I thought getting married or you were just a tool of the man. And I, I thought even having kids and like just following along that path was just all bullshit. But as I ended up on that path, fuck, it's dope. It's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's so, it's so rewarding. I just kind of just that. forced on it. I'm forced on it. I, it sounds like it's working. That's so great. It's so great. I went kicking and screaming. It's the best thing. okay sorry so so you're 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 born um and your parents are already divorced and do you have siblings uh so i'll back up a second that's what i would consider a god thing savon where you got married kicking and screaming but somehow it's worked out really really well for you yeah that's a god thing to me but anyways okay i got it what was your question so so uh, do you have siblings i do i have an older full brother a younger half brother an older half sister um, couple of like what I would call step siblings, but not, not like legitimately step siblings. Okay. So, so it's, it's, ti- it's, it's, it's a typical, um, poor family, people yeah. having sex, lots of kids around. No, fu- like, did you live in a motor, uh, like a, a, a motor, like a, were you in West Virginia? Where, what state were you in? No, I'm from Polk County. So central Florida. Um, that my, works. My mom I really was, like next time you're you come you're born again do it in West Virginia it's, it's such a nice and, and did you live in a um a trailer yeah uh some of the time my mom lived in a trailer so yeah when I was with her okay <laughs> so, to paint that picture even more yeah yeah I need it I need it I need it um so anyways I, I was raised mainly by my dad though so oh um, shit started skate yeah kind of a different story than most people are used to what, was your mom an addict. Well, um, early on. Yeah. Okay. Is she okay um, now? She's great now. Oh, awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I've ever called her that, but she was doing drugs around the time. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, my dad took us in when I was really young. Um, and, and eventually she got better and, um, joint custody, all that fun stuff. But anyways, at 11, I started smoking weed. I started skateboarding and I was really, really good at it. And like smoking weed and skateboarding kind of goes hand in hand back then. Um, you're kind of like, you know, a bunch of outlaws. So uh, I'm an entrepreneur. It's just how I think. And I couldn't really afford to keep buying weed for myself. But at one point from mowing lawns, I bought a $20 bag of weed and four kids at school asked me for a nickel bag. I sold them a nickel bag. And a nickel bag. Nickel bag. Five. These five. cheap motherfuckers. I'd be like, fuck you. A well, they're sixth bag. graders. So. Right, I guess. Um, so I made. Bag. Hey, do sixth graders roll their own joints? I think. I, what did I, you guys I, smoke out of? I mean, like apples, cans. Yeah, yeah, things. yeah. Yep. Yep. All sorts okay. of stuff. God, that shit um, was so. That was. That's the thing that people don't understand. That's like. 
literally that's more than 51% of the fun when you're that age. You know what I mean? Like yeah. get drilling out the apple or someone's got a can or the fact that like you're 11 and you're using a, a lighter. Yeah. The, the lighter is such an amazing invention. Imagine how many souls speaking of God went into the invention of the cigarette lighter. Someone had to figure out how to make that plastic, that fluid, that wheel, how it's machined perfectly, how it hits the flint, the pressure of the spring. I mean, it's the lighter's mind boggling. And right? I mean, am I do you remember that being in the sixth grade? Like, motherfucker, I got a lighter. This is crazy. Yeah. Like, think, you're uh, just like, you can't even believe it. Your you're, own cigarette lighter. You don't give yourself enough credit, though, because that's far more than sex and sports right there, Savon. Right, uh, right, 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 right. But, uh, yeah, so I just – That's just the distraction weed. because I couldn't get sex and I couldn't play sports. <laughs> I can't believe 11 smoking weed. I didn't smoke weed till I was in my 20s. Yeah, it just kind of was like part of the the culture that I was brought up in, and I progressed, right? So I started selling a little bit of weed, and then I – realized that not only can I get free weed, but I can also make some money if I buy a lot. And I started getting quarter pound fronted to me um, by the local drug dealer. And then I started being able to have cash to buy a half a pound and then a full pound. And then where did you keep your cash? Uh, well, I moved out at 16 and, um, but I mean at 11, where did you put it? Did you have a wallet? I put it under my bed. Yeah. Okay. Typical. So you'd stuff the wads, your the 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 cash in your pocket, and then you would, and then these kids would have to, because when I when I would buy stuff at that age, I would have to take steal from my parents. So these I, kids were these kids were stealing money from their parents to buy weed, basically. Probably, or they're like um, allowance, maybe I don't know. Right. Um, on that allowance, I forgot about that. I got some of that too. I don't know what they where they got their money from, but um, so that was an enterprise for me. I mean early stage arbitrage uh and then by 17 i was making what's that word mean arbitrage like taking one thing um for a certain price and selling it for another price a higher price okay um like think like yard sale like going to one yard sale and buying something and selling it on uh amazon for like twice the amount you know what i mean the simultaneous purchase and sale of an equivalent asset or of the same asset in multiple markets. And I like your definition. Fuck this wiki shit. Okay. You're good. Okay. I understand. Um, so yeah. So like that was my lifestyle. I moved out at 16. I got this little studio apartment in downtown Lakeland. Um, me and my dad began to butt heads. You know, did you get kicked out or did you decide to move out? I would say kicked out. Yeah. I um, got kicked out at 16 too, but I got kicked out of my mom's house and ran to my dad's house. Yeah. I, um, I was comfortable financially um, and ready to live on my own. I've always been really independent. That's how my dad kind of raised us. You know. Did you have a girlfriend? No, not at that time. Did you lose your virginity early? Not really. Um, oh. I didn't lose puberty until I was 17. So I didn't really have the luxury of losing oh. my virginity early. So you didn't lose your virginity until you were like 17 or 18? Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Here we are. I, I knew we would get some weird stuff. On this I, I, I had this amazing girlfriend when I was 15, 15, 16, 17, all like sophomore, junior, senior year. She spent that at my house all the fucking time, but we just never boned. She would have let me. I, I don't know. It would, maybe that's a God thing too. I mean, we, we hung out, we kissed, we showered. We do. I mean, she was awesome. Loved Shower. her to death, but um, we just never. And then finally, like, I think it was like two months before my senior year. 
was over. And I was like, I, was, I think I was 18. My birthday's in March. And I was like, I think I talked to her. I'm like, hey, we better do this. We're going to die virgins. She's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> sex. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And then the floodgates opened. Was it like that for you? Like you had sex the first time and then it was like, did you ever think, oh, I'm never going to have sex? That's how I thought. No, not at all. Uh, um, and then was, you have it once and it's like, holy shit, it's just raining vagina. Yeah, there was a lot of opportunities for me, but I didn't hit puberty yet. So I knew I was like, I don't know how this works. Like, right. If you're not like a man, you know? Um, how cool. You're slinging dope at 11, but you still aren't. You, 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 yeah, you're not just sleeping around. It's, it's cool. It shows, shows hope and promise. Yeah. Um, someone, yeah. someone wrote in the comments, this is the best comment so far, sex, sports, and fire. Real caveman stuff. Okay. Um, yes. So, so yeah. Uh, and then 17, I got caught. And I'll just bring us back in. We're talking about what, what year is this? Two, two, I was 17 in 2007. Weed was illegal in 2007. Crazy. And I'm from Florida, so it's not as progressive. Okay. Um, God, so, that's turned into a really bad word. Progressive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. I mean it in the good way, but, uh, yeah. so got arrested, got put on probation and then I violated probation. Can I hear the story about the arrest? Yeah. Um, I had an apartment and I was coming home from what we call a Leo meeting. Leo was like a kind of a fraternity that we had in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, our high school was like Friday night lights. So Lakeland high school breeds a ton of professional athletes. Um, we had five state championships in a row, like, went to high school with some of the best athletes in the world. They play NFL and stuff like that now. So anyways, we had this fraternity. It was called Leo. And it's coming home from a Leo meeting, which was like a men's club kind of thing. And, uh, where you brought, where most of where you basically sold weed <laughs> to some of them, but I was like involved in the, in the school, like serving the school and the community and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, like, like Leo, like I was, dude, Dude, were you the only 16-year-old you knew who had your own apartment? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, me too. So when I ran away from my mom, I moved in with my dad, and my dad had this apartment building in the fucking super ghetto. Super ghetto, dude. Yeah, mine wasn't really – Pimps with, with feathers in their hair, Dobermans, fucking needles everywhere, hookers everywhere. Yeah, that's super ghetto. Yeah. And he gave me the apartment. It was crazy. I swear it was like it was like a black exploit black exploitation film. It was crazy. It was so over the top cheesy, but I loved it. It was it was the greatest three, four years of my life. It was like so many pull back the veil and they're a bunch of actors. Um, I mean, that's what it felt like. I mean, when you see the pimp with the fedora and the feather, and he's got like three Rottweilers and a line of hookers, and there were they there was even a dwarf hooker. It was crazy, dude. That's it was, and the yeah, it was, it was, it was over the top chains and and all the. It was cool, but but it but it was sad too. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay, sorry. So so you're so you're coming home from this Leo meeting. Sorry, and you're 17. Oh, yeah, your and own apartment. There's cops own apartment and still a virgin. Both of us talk about squandered opportunity. We're jackasses. Okay, I know and there was always girls over too. I was just like, I got nothing for you. <laughs> so uh, we just smoke weed and watch 300 or something. But um, so uh, and eat like Hungry Howie's pizza. But the cops were at my door and 
you know, I'm like, can I help you guys? And they're like, yeah, we're looking for Jared Graybill. And I'm like, <laughs> um, that's me. And they're like, we have a warrant to search your apartment. And they showed me these pictures of like me. It was very like corny in a way. Um, like me leaning into cars and like me shaking hands with people, you know, like they were, they were staking out the place. Um, and I guess they thought that I was part of a much larger ordeal. Um, they didn't realize that this like 16, 17 year old white kid, like was running the thing that they were figuring, you know, like researching or whatever. Um, so they had a warrant, they searched my apartment, they found everything, they took everything. And since I was 17 at the time, they served me papers like to, to like go to court. And I was like, wait, you're not going to arrest me now. And they're like, no, I'm like, Oh, that's weird. But cool. Um, but then are you stressing when that happens? Is it just like, you just want to vomit, but I had been in and out of like juvie all throughout 11 to 17. So I wasn't stressing like a normal person probably, but I thought I'd be another another, like whatever. Um, but they chose to charge me as an adult like a month later. Um, so I ended up going to jail the summer after my senior year. Wait, uh, so you had a court case, you had a court case and all that shit and they found you guilty? No, um so I got put on probation and I violated that probation. Ah, uh, and how what did you, how did you violate the probation? So a couple things. Um I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. Um got involved in it's kind of a long story, but a buddy of mine stole a watch sold the watch I was with him. And so I got like, uh, by association. And if you're on felony probation, basically you can't do anything. You can't even like run a red light. Um, so I just, they gave me a violation of probation and you automatically, um, are in jail for at least 30 days. Um, but they gave me a $15,000 bond and I didn't know anybody that had $15,000. And what does that mean? The $15,000 bond, meaning like, you could pay that money and then wait to your court case yeah. where you would have said, Hey, I didn't steal the watch. I just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. I, I, I want to, I want to point something out to you. And, and it's just, it's just Jared and myself I'm speaking of. And Jared could tell me to fuck off if he wants. And I'm, I'm we're still going with the interview, but this is why it's so hard for me when people talk about um, the cops and the black and white thing. I was pulled over more than 200 times between the age of, 15 and the age of 20, 22, 23, I was arrested four different times. I was arrested once for speeding. Um, I would get stopped and searched all the fucking time. And I'm as fucking white as fucking can be. And I used to have no beard and I looked like a little fucking boy. I looked like Fred Savage. I was an adorable little kid. When you are a fucking punk ass fucking boy and you are 15 to fucking 25, If you are not playing sports or you do not have a fucking job, the cops will be pulling you over on the fucking regular, regardless of your fucking color, searching you, taking you in, shoving you around because you're starting trouble. I can't tell you how many times I just threw a fucking rock at something for no fucking reason because I didn't think. Yeah. Fucking someone be like, you know, I'm standing out in front of a fucking 7-Eleven at 15 years old and someone's like, hey, I want a beer. So someone just runs in and grabs one and we all run. No one's thinking. We just have nothing better to do has nothing to do with the color of your fucking skin. Cops are stopping all these motherfuckers. Look at this fucking guy. This guy's whiter than fucking me. Cops are all over his shit. I, uh, I, sorry. No, it's fine. In your, it's your show. You get to digress as much as you want. 
Um, I would, for the sake of the conversation, I would agree and disagree. And so I'll explain. Please. Um, the likelihood, yes. I mean, if you're black, your bail would have been 22000 and not 15000 You're going to get treated different, most likely. Um, at least back then. And maybe still now, but less likely. Let me tell you, in my neighborhood, if you were black, you got treated better. If if you're white in my neighborhood, if I was walking down the street drinking drinking with with the with the homies with the black dudes, if I the second the cops pulled up, I had to hand my forty over to a black dude because cops weren't fucking with the black dudes if they were drinking. I was fucked. I can. I mean, I grew up in parts of those neighborhoods too, so they searched my backpack. The black dudes didn't get their backpack searched. I'm just I'm just saying, like it goes both ways. I'd get a ticket for jaywalking in the black neighborhood because I was white. The black dudes didn't get ticketed for jaywalking. Yeah, so I think. It obviously there's so much I'm not saying it doesn't vary, but but yeah. it goes both ways. Yeah, I would just say statistically it happens on the other side way more. Um, okay, fair enough. Just not to me in California, but but fair enough. I, I, but yeah. I'm 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 open. I'm open to prejudice and racism. I just and I, I just I never think lived that, in California or anything like that. I just know like with the crimes that I did commit and the crimes that I allegedly committed growing up, like I probably would be in a much worse place if I was a different race. Um, okay. I didn't Fair get treated enough. very well, and I didn't have wealthy parents. But I would well, say, well, fuck Florida. Well. If you're black, move to California. <laughs> I'm not. Anyways, let's move on. Um, all right. I, I promise you handled I'm it well. All this shit will come down on me. You handled it well. You told I'm the party not, line. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so I got <laughs> sent to jail. Um, summer after my senior year, my friends are going waste of taxpayers' money sending Which, a boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And I wish that I could get some of that money back now that Justin Bieber is being like uh, put on Forbes for selling weed. And now I'm <laughs> anyway. Is does he have a weed business? Yeah, he's launching like a joint, like a, a roll joint business called Peaches. It's genius, but because um, he had a song called Peaches. Man. Anyways, um, if you're young, don't smoke weed. I'm telling you right now, it seems like it's fun, but you're gonna get older, and all you're you're gonna think. You're going to think the whole time, speaking about thinking too much, how would I be different if I wouldn't have smoked all that weed? How would my lungs be different? How would my brain be different? Just yeah. don't do it. Go fucking do some burpees. I, I totally agree. I think weed is medicinal and it should be treated like every other form of medicine um, and that you should wait until you're an adult to yeah. administer this level of medicine to yourself. That's what. That's my blanket thought on marijuana. Did you sell anything besides weed? I dabbled in other things, but I didn't like um, the clientele um, with other products. Weed's yeah. so harmless, you know? Yeah. Um, cocaine, pills, like that. You're in a different world there. It and gets a little weird when you think they're coming to pay you cash and they're like, I'll suck your dick. And you're like, uh, I'm not really yeah. in that business. Or they try to rob <laughs> you. Or yes, yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, bad experiences in those other worlds, especially when your friends try to buy it. You're like, no. Yes, right. This isn't for you guys, right. um, this is for other people. Anyway, Show me some ID. Uh, so, yeah, you know, all your pothead friends start doing cocaine. It's like now nah, I got to quit selling the cocaine. Yeah, that sucks. Um, so yeah, there's a lot. There's more guns in the coke sale. There's more profit. You know. Yeah. Um, okay. Good point. More money, more problems. But yeah. uh, so so I go to jail and in jail. We're still on the God story, by the way. Uh, so. In jail, I am miserable. I'm like, okay, my life really wasn't that bad. This is bad. 
um, maybe I should have made different decisions. Um, maybe I shouldn't have a chip on my shoulder because maybe life isn't as bad as I make it out to be. And so one night I read a letter that my mom wrote me and, um, I had to read it when nobody was in the room because I knew I was going to cry. Like who doesn't, who's not going to cry. Um, she wrote you a letter in jail and like the guy walks by your cell and is like, Jared, you're like, yeah. And he slides you a piece of paper Yeah, and it's already been open. Someone motherfucker already read it. No, it's not open. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, so I got this letter and it's like game five of the NBA finals, 2008, like, uh, Celtics in the heat. Everyone's downstairs watching this 20 inch TV. That's like 20 feet up in the air. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna read this letter. That was before the NBA was openly racist. That's when it was just closeted racist. Now it's openly racist. 2021. Go on. Sidebar. Um, so yeah, so I read the letter, cry a little bit. feels great. Wipe my tears off. And I'm walking on the second floor, just kind of like minding my own business. I walk by a room full of people and I'm thinking like my first, you say a room, is that a cell? Yeah. cell. okay. Um, it was like 10, don't sugarcoat it. My audience can handle it. A fucking cell. Walk by a cell. Uh, And there's a bunch of people in this room, and I'm like, what are they doing in there? My first thought was like, are they planning a breakout? Like, it was just such a first thought. And they were like, what up, homie? And I'm like, nothing. And they're like, do you believe in God? And I'm like, no. They're like, well, he believes in you. Come in here and have a seat. And I was like, okay. I don't have anything else to do. And I sat sat and I listened. And uh, not to get too spiritual, but it was the first time in my life that I had felt um, the presence of God. And, uh, cause I had been to church a bunch as a kid in the youth group and like raised my hand a bunch when they're like, raise your hand if you receive Jesus. And like, I just, I wasn't listening to a thing. I just heard raise your hand. I'm like, okay. Um, but I had never, yeah. Like my, uh, my grandma was Catholic. I went to Catholic church with her from time to time, very confused, but this was the first time that I had been given the opportunity as an adult to believe. And I, I felt it and I wanted to change. Um, so that was where I get this worldview from. Uh, did you, uh, when you say you felt that, um, you were shaking, I wasn't convulsing or anything. Um, but like, it's hard to explain. Right. Um, I don't want to compare it to something worldly, but like, um, I don't know. What do you feel like? Uh, what'd you feel like on your wedding day? Did you feel something different? Did you feel like, uh, an overflow of like love or anything like that during that moment? No, no, but I've, I've had that feeling and, um, periodically through life. It's awesome. Or like your first kid being born, anything like that. (sighs) (laughs) It's always at the most unexpected times. So you felt this out of body experience. You may not have shaken though, right? I've had the shaking. I've had the shaking. I've had I've had the thing where definitely something fucking really fucking intense is going on and it it um it's not a uh it feels it feels beyond physiological. It's it's not it's not like it's not like hyperventilating. It's not a, it's not uh not to be concerned. Yeah. It's it, and I've had it a, a bunch of times in my life. I just have refused to attribute it to i've 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 refused to get to understand to give it a worldly definition people i tell people all the time i don't believe in god and the one of the main reasons i do that is is to it because i well, one because i just don't believe in god and i don't believe in anything by believe i mean i don't think a single idea is real racism is an idea i don't think it's real red means stop 
that's an idea. It's not real. Those are not, to me, those are not real things. And when you think those things are real, you're conflating your ideas with reality. So like if I write something down on paper and it's a racist policy, then that piece of paper and that racist policy is, is real. And what is written on there is real. But the idea of racism, of hating someone for the color of their skin is an idea. And so I don't – I just want to know stuff. I love ideas. I want to play with them. I love the idea of God, but I don't want to – I don't want to believe in God because I don't want it to interfere with knowing God. Does that make sense? With really, with knowing something. Yeah, that's really abstract. And um, so – and, and that's why I kind of like hate hanging out with people because most people aren't willing to go anywhere in their head because they believe things. They've conflated belief and knowing. But, 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 I can, anyway, I can without going too much further into, without going too much further into it. Um, and, and, and it's, it's like money. Here's an, for example, people think money has value. It does not have inherent value. We, we that, that's that. all, yes. And that's okay. That's perfectly okay. But don't lie to yourself. Don't believe your own delusion. Don't, don't, um, you know, I had Lee Cavelli, the rapper on the other day, and we were talking about, can you, uh, being a black man and being born into a, uh, onto a planet where there's already a word waiting for you that you're supposed to be offended by and, and want to fight people if they say it. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, I, I can. Who's spinning that fucking story? I can. Fuck that dude. The complexity. Fuck those people. Um, no one should be born into a world where there's a word waiting for you that offends you. Yeah, that's that's fucking horseshit. And anyone who's propagating that and pushing that forward, fuck you. You're a fucking bad person. People should be born here with everyone around them thinking that they're beautiful and they have unlimited potential. How about that as a fucking just like an assumption? Anyway, sorry. Okay, so so you walk by and you have see. So I'm starting to get the feeling. Like I'm starting to get the feeling. I think that's uh, anger. <laughs> I'm starting to get the feeling, Jared. We call that a righteous anger in the world of Christianity. But starting to get the feeling. My head's starting to tingle a little bit. I'm feeling no, the love. Yeah. And just um, to touch on that for a second. I, I value the complexity of your thoughts. And I think it's people <laughs> like you who, let's say, God willing, you ever come to know God, you'll have a you'll have a very deep relationship because you have fought the fight of like that can't possibly be real. And then when it becomes real to you, then it's really real. Does that make sense? Like, yes, yes, um, yes. I'm with you. And my sister, who's a, who's a hardcore believer. Um, she's like, man, I, you, you, you act and behave and think like a fucking Christian. What are you waiting for? And I go, Hey man, if, 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 if you're right, then maybe it's just God's plan. I have always viewed myself. Like when you said you hit puberty late, I always viewed myself as a sunflower and the sunflower takes fucking forever for the flower to come out. It's just growing the stock and growing the stock and then more leaves. And then it's just like, I've always feel like I'm late to the game. Oh my God. Here, all my friends are going through puberty. All my friends got wives. All my friends got jobs. You're fucking homeless. You know what I mean? And now 49, I'm like, oh shit, I have the three best kids in the world and I'm independently wealthy. What the fuck? How did this happen? You know? Yeah. That's, that's but so weird. I just feel like I'm just like, I'm just a late bloomer. So, yeah. so maybe this is just uh, to 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 use maybe your paradigm or my sister's paradigm. I'm just I'm I'm still being molded, but I really like the way you worded that. I'll probably pull that clip and uh, put that on my Instagram. Run with it. I'll say this. I'll finish with this, and we can get back on non. Uh, Did you non- cry in that cell? Uh, during when I read that letter, yeah. 
No, afterwards, when you felt God. When I got saved? Yeah. I probably almost did. Okay. I probably like, kept it together. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know these guys like that. So, um, Did they know? Did they know? That I wasn't a believer? Or that no, that you got saved? Were they like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was kind of a moment. Like they prayed It must over. blow them away, too. Yeah, it's, a, it's complicated to find God in jail because the next day, most of these people go back to being criminals. Um, but it so, reasserts their faith because they saw something happen. Yeah, it's it's magical. I mean, like I went to Nicaragua last week on a mission trip, and we got David McFadden. I love Jared. Okay, so you went to Nicaragua. That's in the comments. I love Jared too. Go on. Yeah, we did a mission trip in Nicaragua, and we got to see three people accept Jesus as their savior, and we got to baptize them. And um, it is an incredible experience to be there for someone like that. And the cool thing is, like, we weren't uh, doing these really cool sermons that, like, kind of you know, can get people to raise their hand. Like we were speaking and we had translators. So there's no frill. There's no climax to these sermons. You know what I mean? Um, but a few of these guys and girls just decided like, it's time. I feel the presence of God. And they even decided to publicly get baptized, even though, you know, there's a process to that and Catholicism, which is the, the popular religion there. So it is a really cool experience to be a part of that. Um, I think it's incredible. So it probably was cool for them to witness me um, accepting Jesus as my savior. And so I, but I wanted to just say this and we can get off of it. I'm no evangelist. Um, I'm no, uh, like I, you know, I do my best, but for you, Savon, I would say that what you believe or like the creation of the world is one of the greatest questions you can ever ask yourself. And if there's a possibility that Jesus is the creator of the world, I would say maybe you should spend some time learning more about it, even if you're going to do it from a, um, just a educational, like, to sure. more. uh, because what, what should I read? How should I do that? How should I learn? How should I learn? Yeah. Um, most Christians would say you should read the Bible, but I, I think that's kind and, of, and I did. And I did. Well, that's not true. I listened it to an, on like the 77 audio tapes that I had of it when I was in, uh, I don't know, in my twenties twice, okay. I listened to it. I listened yeah. to it again, though. It was great shit. And I accepted Jesus twice as my savior. And the second time I've told the story a bunch, the second time my sister was present and she's like, I thought you already accepted Jesus as your savior. She goes, yes. Yeah. She's like, well, that guy came up to you and asked you if you wanted to accept Jesus as your savior and you did it again. I said, yeah, why not? I'll do it fucking four times. So when did you decide that it wasn't real? What wasn't real? Like you've, you've obviously rescinded that, that invitation. No, 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 no. I haven't rescinded. Uh, I'm not going to hold, I'm not going to create a placeholder in my brain. I think of, when I think of God, when I think of my brain, I think of this circle. And when I think of God, um, experiencing God, it's when your circle is completely empty for whatever reason. And um, in God, then that's the only time there's enough room for God to come into your circle because he takes up or she takes up or it takes up your entire circle. The second you believe something like God is great, then that's a little thing inside of your circle. That's a belief and God can't get into your circle. Does that make sense to you? No, but I've spent time thinking about it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to lie to you. It, it, it's, it's my vessel. I can only know God. I feel like it's disrespectful to believe in God. Okay. 
I feel like it closes the opportunity. But 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 maybe that's I, I feel like it closes the opportunity to know God. I've never I'm never like um it, it when I'm experiencing when I've experienced this this thing this this communion I, there's never any thought with it. The thought okay. comes afterward. It's the attribution to try to explain what the experience was or what happened, and that to to prevent insanity. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's this like, oh shit! I need a fucking story to explain what just fucking happened, or else I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. Yeah, it could be somewhat of a narrative for some people, but yeah, um, that narrative could be true. And, okay, I'm open. Uh, and if it is, the last thing you want is to not be on that train. Oh you know fuck I mean? yeah! That's why I told my sister. Um, I said, listen, this motherfucker. When I'm at the pearly gates, and he's like, well, you know, you didn't, you didn't, weren't going into Sunday school. Like, oh well, listen, I was in Trafalgar Square in London. I accepted you. And then this other time I was at the park, Tilden Park in Berkeley, and I accepted you. So, like, be cool, man. Let's try and let's try and. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So the cell thing. So, so, and had you, did you have any experience with church or God before then? Yeah. So, um, well, oh, yeah. You said Catholicism and your grandmother. Sorry. Yes. You asked if there's something you can read. I'm going to give you a couple resources you can do with them. Um, the book of Your Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Okay. So what was the name of the book again? You broke up. Mere Christianity. Okay. And then Reasons for God. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, I'm an extreme pragmatist, like to a fault. I'm always questioning everything. And right. I need to have like tangible evidence. And so um, I've just done, I've done the work. And so like, I'm not going to get into it, but um, from a like realistic perspective, uh, you know, I read somewhere and I, I'm not going to like say this is true, but it's something that I read that there's more historical evidence of the existence of Jesus than Adolf Hitler, but nobody questions Adolf Hitler. Um, so anyways, you know, if you choose to do the work, I would start there. Um, there's something called Occam's razor, which is like this theory that, uh, it's a, to hedge your bet by believing in Jesus is a far greater, or far less of a risk than to choose not to and then to get to the end of the, your life and realize like you should have had your bet with the right player. Word. Malcolm's um, razor. But anyways, uh, yeah, so I'm in jail. That happens. Where do you want to go from here? Um, so, I, fuck, I don't know. It was a great show. Thanks for coming on. I'll talk to you next week. Um, so, um, so th- does that put you – when do you get out of jail? How do you get out? And is it is all that shit behind you? Like do you have any more probations or like money no, you have to – way totally behind not. you? It still affects me. I got kicked off Airbnb. Um, what? So yeah, I'll, I'll tell you that story in a second. But um, so I had spent like a little over two months in jail. Ironically, the person – so this former friend of mine that stole a watch and sold it and I was present. Um, the person he stole the watch from was my best friend's parents. Uh-huh. And they're like my only rich friends that I had. They bailed me out of jail. Um, and knowing the, that you, st- that's some Christian shit right there. Knowing that my friend stole the watch. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, but, but they knew all that when they bailed you out. Well, at first when I got arrested, they thought that I had something to do with it. And then when I had, I wrote a letter and got a chance to, to, to explain, um, they knew that I wouldn't have done that. And so I don't actually don't believe that they're Christians, but, um, either way, they're great people. And I, I a God it. was working through them. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great way. To look at it. <laughs> um, um, wait, hold on. I have to text this. Um, are we on? 
today. Um, there's this professional skateboarder in Sunnyvale that my kid goes to. Uh, his name's Josh. I don't know his last name. Okay. That was um, my world. He, he has a fat YouTube channel that he just started. He already has 40,000 subscribers. It's called like Skate Park Lessons or something. He just started. Oh, it's it's dope. Blow up. Um, but basically, I, um, I'm supposed to go there today at 10 a.m., which would mean I have to get off the phone now because it's a long drive. But, but it's raining, so I think we, we keep going until he texts back. Okay, go on. Okay, so they bail you out. Oh, no. Yeah, so they bail you out. Yeah, they bailed me out. That's how I got out. And then um, I, long story short, uh, chose instead of two years in prison, I did two years on house arrest with two years of felony probation following that and 60 days weekend work release, weekly drug tests, um, the whole nine. Oh, so what it's like living in Australia right now. <laughs> um, except when all your friends are at college and you're living uh, in a little uh, house in the middle of nowhere. But um, so, yeah, I, I went back to telemarketing full time. I went to school full time and I pursued a, a job because in jail, I also found my passion or my calling for fitness. And so uh, that was a big thing for me. I, I became the guy in jail that would make up workouts every day. Just training with the Vatos? Just fucking... All of them. Yeah. Of them. Damn. And, you know, because jail is a lot like quarantine workouts. Like we had, we did cab raises up the stairs and pull-ups from the second floor standing on a trash can. Dips on the payphone. You know what I mean? Like, um, And I had just gotten into fitness right before I got in jail. So because I had to quit smoking weed, I had to do something. I went to the gym. And there was a day in, in jail when I was making up a workout because basically we ate breakfast at 4.30 in the morning. Um, most of us would go back to sleep and then we had lunch around 12 or 1. And then after lunch, we'd normally work out. And so the guys would come to my room and be like, what are we doing today? We would Some of the beds, you could fold the legs. We would fold one leg and somebody would lay on the bed and we'd do bench press. You know what I mean? Like, oh. um, You had to get really creative. So they'd be like, what's the workout today, Jared? And so one day, a guy in jail um, was like, Jared, you should be a personal trainer. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. I had always thought like be an accountant or be a business owner or be a math teacher, like just these normal jobs, uh, or be a drug dealer. Like it was either that or the other thing. And so, um, I was like a personal trainer. He's like, yeah, they get paid to do what you're doing now. And I'm like, that's it for me. Like I'll do that all my life. Um, so when I got out, I pursued that I got NASM certified, but nobody would hire me because of the chicken and the egg problem. Right. Like you don't have experience. But I had sales. Oh, 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 okay, okay. I thought you were talking about something else. Okay. Um, I got a job doing sales at a local gold's gym. And that's when I got into the industry. Six months later, I was a sales manager at a different gym. I got promoted. That's how Greg Glassman started, by the way. Yeah, I think I uh, had read that. Um, and then I worked my way up. LA Fitness bought the gym. So I became a GM. Uh, moved to Jacksonville to help open up five different LA Fitnesses that they were launching here. Wow. Did, did Magic Johnson own LA Fitness? No, it's a okay. Um, an Asian guy and a group of investors out of uh, Irving, California. Okay, um, something Lee. Anyways, um, so that's what I did until I decided to leave LA Fitness. Um, I took a leap of faith to open up a gym in Lakeland, which is where I was born and raised. Uh, to make another long story short, um, February first, two thousand fifteen. I'm hung over after celebrating that I'm about to open up a gym, had this investor that was going to give me a quarter million dollars. We started the renovations on Monday. It's a Super Bowl. It's my birthday. Um, wow. Cloud nine. I'm 25 cloud nine. And the investor calls me that morning while I'm eating breakfast and says he can't, he can't do it. 
Oh, yeah. So what, um, did he call you or did one of his? The, he one of his oh, well, we that's cool. Personal, I mean, that yeah. sucks, but that's cool. We had a personal. He was a client of mine when I was a trainer. So uh-huh. um, we had a personal relationship. He's in the steel plate tectonics business or something like that. Um, so and are you like, no problem, buddy. I know it's God's master plan. I'm, this is totally cool. No, my faith was, <laughs> I would say my faith was convenient at that point because obviously right. I was like, all right, well, I know God has a plan, but this effing sucks. Like, yes. Um, and I looked at my buddy and I was like, Hey, I don't, cause that was my income too. Like part of the investment was my income for the first year. And I was like, Hey, can I stay on your couch uh, for a couple months? And he was like, yeah, for like three months. It's cool. And so I started training one-on-one at Gold's Gym in Lakeland. Uh-huh. Within a month, I was fully booked. I was happy. I was making a lot of money because I can sell and I can train really well. Mm-hmm. And so um, then I started Super Fit Foods, May of 2015. So that's kind of like my career trajectory and entrepreneurial journey. Ended up starting E3, which is a consulting agency that I still run. Um, oh, I saw, I saw that. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, which is basically the best way I explain that is I'm a personal trainer for business owners. I don't, that's not like my tagline. I don't have like click funnels that say that. Or anything. Do you know Chris Cooper? Two brain yeah. business. Okay. I know who he is. Yeah. Okay. Um, they've taken their thing. Like I, I'm not that into consulting. You know what I mean? Um, so they've taken like what I do in a very small level and they've made like a, a big business and a brand out of it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the jail journey and the, Christianity journey. I think we covered Zalus games and um what do you I mean if you still got time, what do you want to talk about? What what do you are, are you are you do you need to work? Are you independently wealthy? For now. Right. That runs out, you know. Yeah. Um, especially if I keep launching online competitions for cash prizes uh without high level sponsors. So you can see the end of the runway. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm not like a billionaire. Um yeah, life is weird life is weird like that. It's um I mean the good thing is is you're still so young. Where where where's home now? Well, technically, so I got rid of my place and sold my properties whenever I got on the road. Uh-huh. Um and sold all my stuff and I've just been air- I'm in an Airbnb in Jacksonville Beach right now. I haven't I haven't considered a place home yet. But this is like this is where I land when I'm not traveling. Like I, I leave and I go to Austin next week and I was in Nicaragua last week. And so I'm still traveling a whole lot, but I'm not on the road trip anymore. Nicaragua is the church trip. Yeah. We went with mayhem missions and get strong ministries. Oh shit. Rich does stuff in Nicaragua. Rich didn't go, but mayhem missions, uh, hosted like Jake Locker led the trip. He's the director of mayhem athlete. Is that the thing? Is Jake Locker the bachelor, the the dude, the bachelorette dude? That's Luke Parker. Did that dude go to Nicaragua? He did not. Um, oh, I, I thought I saw something on his Instagram where he, that dude was in like South America or something. Yeah, they did. Him and Brian Nelson, which is one of the people that started Mayhem Missions and a group of people, they went to somewhere else in the in South America. I don't know. Okay. The, yeah, I don't know. That actually looked like a pretty cool trip. I'm not usually into that kind of shit. Dude, I highly recommend it. Um, especially, and this is a obviously a, a plug for them, but like Get Strong Ministries runs the best mission trip I've ever done because you, you're we're doing CrossFit with people, and then we get to do ministry from there. You know what I mean? Like, so at the base of what we do is like CrossFit, and it's Crossfitters. Like these Nicaraguans are all CrossFitters now. Like they've changed the community there. It's so yeah, cool. th- 
he, I just remembered that he was in the, the Amazon and he had a little kid on his shoulders, the Amazon River, I think. And then one of his homies had a kid on his shoulders and they were doing those chicken fights. You know how you used to do that? You get on the big yeah. kid's shoulder. And I thought, holy shit, that looks fun. Yeah, they theirs was obviously a little different than ours, but I think um, if you do one with Mayhem Mission, it's going to end up being like minded individuals. And did you see did you see crazy insects when you were there? No, I, I mean a, Amazon is probably different than in Okata, Nicaragua. I spent a bunch of time in Nicaragua and Honduras and Belize and just all over there um, taking um, vitamin. uh, I was shooting documentaries that um, a company named Vitamin Angels was taking vitamin A to malnourished children. So I spent a ton of time down there in all those fucking countries. I think Panama might have been the only one I didn't go to. But man, I saw some crazy bugs. Crazy, just crazy. I can just remember like one night we were at like uh, some missionary and I slept in this – huge warehouse where they stored all this food and stuff to give people and just the ceiling at night was just covered when i lay there at night um the moonlight would just the ceiling is covered with like nests uh, wasp nests and spider nests and just it was it's like an indiana jones movie but you got a little net yeah yeah you're good <laughs> it protects you from the mosquito that's like this big dude that's that's a little bit more we were in central america so they um, got it there yeah yeah they, it's all it's Everywhere south of San Diego got it. Um, uh, when's the next Zellos Games? When's the launch date? Uh, we don't know. I mean, you know, what I'm going to do is uh, this ends on the 24th is the last day that you can sign up and submit. Um, we're going to identify the top 10 overall. We're going to. So that's three days from now. Yeah. The last day. Okay. Is from now. okay. Um, and we're going to take care of the raffle prizes for the 30 people. We're going to distribute cash prizes to everybody by mid-November. And from there, I'm going to take an inventory of how October went. Like this is a beta test, right? So I'm looking for data, um, looking at registration data. I'm going to send out surveys to registration people. I'm going to make calls to athletes. How can we do better? What attracted you to the Zalos games? And I'm going to call people that did one competition, but not all three and say, Hey, why'd you do just one? Like what, what could get you to do all three? What could we do differently? And, um, and then I'm going to make sure that we don't overlap with Waterpalooza qualifiers again and, and uh, I can't control what HQ does randomly, but um, I can, now that we've built, I would say a brand in the space, I can try to work with people like Morning Chalk Up and O'Keefe just to make sure, like I'm trying to create an opportunity. I'm not trying to compete with other competitions. Right. Um, and so we, if we can identify some times next year to host another online competition, I would say, so I don't know the answer to your question date wise, um, but I know they can probably look forward to two or three of these series in 2022. Um, and based off registrations, we can see an increase in prize money. And based on the sponsorship support, we can see an increase in prize money. So, um, but I don't know the date. I just know that they'll see something next year. Is there a, um, is there an interest, which is different than a market, I guess, at least I'm trying to make it sound different than a market. Is there an interest for a platform that looks like the open platform where people can just sign up and work out every week and compare themselves to other people. Like when I first started doing CrossFit in uh, 2006, seven, um, the, the main site was just filled. The comments had like hundreds and hundreds of comments and, and all the top athletes in the world would put their time on there. So it would be like Fran. And then you would see like people's times, five minutes or nine minutes scaled or two thirty, And then someone would be like, fuck you, you didn't do that. And, and, you know, it was just as, and that's all main site was people putting in their times. I wonder if there's a, um, 
I wonder if there's any interest in that anymore. I guess I guess that's what um beyond uh uh beyond the whiteboard. I guess yeah. those people do that, right? Or sugar wad. They I'm just wondering it. if there's just one place that where you could someone could start it and it just be free, right? Yeah. And everyone's doing the same work. Say that again. I would say that'd be difficult because everyone all over the world has to do the same workout and not everybody wants to do this. You know, they believe this programmer has the magic touch and this coach knows what they're doing. And, you know, right. They probably do. But like, um, so getting everyone, the CrossFit space is so much bigger than. Yeah. There used to just be one programmer, CrossFit.com. Now there's literally millions. Exactly. So getting everybody on the same page when this person's ramping up and this person's ramping down, this person's in their off season, this person's retired and this person's, you know, like, um, that's difficult. And so, you know, I think some programmers do a great job, like training think tank has their Saturday throwdowns every Saturday. And you see like the leaderboard for all the people doing training think tank. Um, and then of course now CrossFit launched this move, lift work thing, which I think just targets what I would call like the general population or the everyday athlete. Um, and then rogue will have their random challenges where you get to see people on that. So getting everybody all on the same page may not be something that you can like CrossFit has built the open and that will always be it. I think I, you know, I tried granted this is a baby try, you know? Right. Uh, But I don't have the runway to keep trying, you know, like, right. uh, So it's such a cool, it's such a cool idea. It so needs to exist. I appreciate it. It so needs to exist. And and I was going to say, maybe we, have competitors that have to pay to play to be eligible for cash prize, but maybe we keep it open, like an open scale division that's free. And so people can see all over the world. Um, and, you know, I'm just not thinking of that. And I think that's a great idea because if we can drive that much traffic to the page, then it'll provide value to the sponsors and then maybe they can help me with the prize money. So maybe that's what we'll do. May, what, another thing to do is I, I wonder how it would work if the model was, is you had to pay it's $20 per week. Right now, yeah. I wonder if it, if if the model was different, where you had to just pay all um, sixty up front, or we'll if it was a different that next time, or if it was a different price to where like, hey, you have to you have to be all in. I wonder what, how that would affect it. Yeah, I people kind not to be a dick too, but people need to be strong armed. That's the whole thing with the open, like like it's five five weeks or seven weeks or however long they make that 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 thing. Uh, you don't want to do it. It's a, it's I, at least for me, it was always so fucking stressful. But once you signed up for the whole thing, you just committed and you did it. And there was this monster sense of accomplishment. Yeah. You're part of something special. I think. Yeah. Um, I just think what we have to do has to be unique because we can't build another open. Um, cause it's not like the open is ultimately a qualifier for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So it's very important to a lot of athletes all over the world. Hey, hey, for I get even more people. It's just a huge community event, right? I mean, yeah. for the vast majority, I wonder that. I wonder if maybe that's the piece that's missing. Like, how do you get the, the how do you make the Zelos thing a community event? Affiliates, man, and you know yeah. what we try to do is uh, we just don't have the the net that CrossFit HQ has, obviously. Um, but affiliates is what makes the open successful because of the course, open, yeah. For affiliates, the open is a big, it's like a re-grand opening kind of thing. You know what I mean? They get to bring their friends and some of their friends sign up. So it's a big sale proposition. Um, and that's what I tried to communicate to the affiliates. Like, hey, leverage this as another opportunity to host an event, to have the people competing invite their friends, drink some beers afterwards. Like, let's have fun and like reinvigorate the community. But I just don't think I had the opportunity to communicate that. I mean, there's 
close to 14,000 affiliates all over the world. I emailed probably three, 4,000, but I probably talked on the phone with 15 to 20, right? Like I can't personally make thousands of calls a day, you know? Right, right, right. Um, so, you know, if it, if it catches fire in that way, then it could be like the open. Um, but I can't control that. That has to be a God thing. <laughs> ah, we arguing. dude, thanks for your time. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being open-minded about the conversation as well. Always. Uh, well, maybe not always. Uh, we, that blew by our hour and, uh, hour and, uh, we started seven hour and 51 minutes. I would agree, man. I've never sit. Most of my friends make fun of me because I can't even hang out for more than like 90 minutes. So uh-huh. I'm just in Zizumbo and, and I know you like your Z's Jared. He has two Z's in his name. He says, it's not a sale proposition for affiliates. It's a celebration. We celebrate our current membership. Me, uh, I think he's talking about the open. Sure. It's not as, I, I don't know what that means. I don't even know what a sale proposition is. Yeah, I mean, if you're a gym owner and you're if you have business acumen, then it's a little bit of both. But I can see, obviously, yes, it is. I'm not disagreeing. But if you want to generate new members, which every gym owner should be, if they want to have a profitable business model, then they need to leverage the open as a sale proposition. So I agree and disagree. Word. All right. Peace and love. See you, Simon. Oh, wait, wait, don't you don't you don't get to hang up? I just send off. Oh, okay. oh, Wad Zombie, thank you so much for the five bucks. You're always awesome. Sounds like he's a member of Zelos Games. Oh, he okay, maybe. Thank you. Um, hey, Savon, you gonna be at Rogue? 